So What is a podcast from The Gathering at Crossings Community Church. This podcast exists to help young adults navigate real life and cultural topics in light of what the Bible says. The Gathering meets weekly on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. at Crossings Community Church. It is a place for young adults in their 20s and 30s to belong and be known and become like Christ. We hope you enjoy the podcast. Okay, hey guys. Uh, Welcome to So What. My name is Paige. I'm Oakley. And Andy. And Andy, Andy. I like that. That was fun. Uh, And we're the young adult staff at Crossing Community Church, and we're glad you're here. Um, Today, I want to ask you guys a fun little question. Um, I want to ask you two. One, what's your favorite Gen Z lingo? Andy. So Andy has Sunday night dinners where he does Gen Z lingo with his kids. Well, we're still yeah. We had one and it was hilarious, <laughs> you know, because we make it a trend. Taylor and I were just like, well, let's just talk Gen Z to our kids and see how it goes. And some our kids thought it was hilarious, and some responded with utter embarrassment and like, please stop. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dad. You know, like we all let you guess who is who. But um, may I, I mean, my favorite Gen Z word by far is yeet. Like that's just, I mean, it's just that verb. I feel you use like, it correctly and incorrectly. It's always a gamble. Yeah, well, it's, it's just funny. I mean, it's just funny. Just eat like, it. To me, it's just funny. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like my daughter's like, Dad, that's not what it means. I'm like, I know. That's why I'm using it. So I like, I like the word yeet. I think it's fun. I have no idea. I don't think a Gen Z word has come out of my mouth before in my life. So <laughs> I don't even know. If we could pick a word for Oakley to start using, <laughs> yeah. what would that? What would that word be? Ooh, I, guess. I don't know. I like, so we watched a video yesterday mm-hmm. as a team on Gen Z lingo. This guy was reading the Bible in Gen Z lingo, lingo and uh, he used the word noob. I don't think that's a Gen Z word, but noob you is You would use the word noob. That noob. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I'd use it. I would I would enjoy watching you use more Gen Z words. Should we try to work that, that into be... each time you teach at the gathering, like one Gen Z word just like slip it in would there? It would be so Every obvious. Every time Oakley forcing. speaks, here's the <laughs> two words you have so to slip into your message. obvious that I'm forcing it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that'd be great. Yeet. yeet. You could yeet that sermon. No. <laughs> I'm a noob, so I can't. <laughs> it's going so well so far. All right, all right. Okay. Um, on another note, today we're talking about prayer in our basic series. What's a prayer that you're really glad God did not answer how you wanted it to? Pretty much every prayer I prayed in middle school and high school. <laughs> I mean, yeah. like I think back on who I was dating or who I wanted to date in that time. Like, I mean, I was praying fervently to the Lord. Lord, please let her like me. You know, that kind of thing. I'm like, I'm, it's Garth Brooks' famous song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers, 100%. Yeah. No, I mean, I would probably echo the exact same thing. Like, I, I remember, you know, just all the prayers you pray about, like, your middle school crush or the the guy that noticed <laughs> you, you know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> great. I'm, you know, funny that we can look back now, but I remember feeling so serious about these oh, prayers. Yeah. Like, oh, oh Lord, yeah. I just need these to come to pass. And great thing that they didn't. I mean, I think probably the most serious one for me is that I did not make my college soccer team. Yeah. yeah. Like I really, really wanted that. And I trained hard for it, prayed really hard for it, did not get it twice. Got, you know, I went to try out twice. But I look back on my life now, that's the blessing of getting older is you can look back and see God's hand Mm -hmm. in not answering a prayer yes. Um, So I'm very thankful for that. But I remember that was devastated. It it was my whole identity. So. Mm Mm-hmm. That's good. My middle school crush and college soccer. College soccer. <laughs> there it Essentials is. Essentials only. Thank you, Lord, for not answering this. <laughs> oh, Lordy. Yeah. I think I prayed at one point to be a country music singer. I think we're all very glad that one didn't happen. <laughs> the public, myself. I'm still praying for that page for you. <laughs> Stay tuned, guys. That's right. You're still young. Could happen. <laughs> oh. Anyways. Um, so I think probably to start off, like we do, we just need to define what is 
prayer. Because it's a word that gets thrown around a lot. And I think if you're in church and you didn't grow up with prayer or knowing how to pray, or even if you're from different religions, prayer looks very different. And so how would you guys define prayer for the Christian? Well, I think that there's a lot of definitions that we work with, that we naturally just have, mm-hmm. um, without ever really thinking about this question. Like, well, what is it? I think we just, it's something we do. I think that's probably our first step. It's, 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 we're talking to God. We're doing it. It's an activity that we talk to God. I think that's kind of the most natural universal idea is like we're talking to God. Um, but, you know, I, as we've talked about it, I think the, maybe the, a better way to define prayer would be communicating and engaging with God. Because that could look a lot of different ways. Um, that does not automatically mean you're talking to him. Maybe it's silence, listening, mm-hmm. reading through scripture, and just talking to God, his, his words back to him. So I think if we go into it with, I've got a list, I think we might be missing the mark. Mm-hmm. Um, should we still bring our things? Absolutely. Peter tells us, bring, all, bring everything, right? Um, bring all kinds of requests before the Lord. And so... I just think basic communicating and engaging with God is a better way to maybe to reframe how we think about prayer versus just, it's my laundry list, it's my wish list. Um, God, you need to hear what I'm thinking, saying, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it makes it deeper too than I'm opening up mealtime or I'm shooting yeah. up a Hail Mary whenever I'm in a bind. You know, all of those prayers are still prayers, but when you talk about it in the way that you're communicating and you're engaging in relationship with the Lord, it just adds a depth and yeah. an intimacy to it then, you know, not to negate all of those prayers that you kind of say mm-hmm. one off to bless your food or things like that, but it adds that layer to it that I think is important to talk about. Mm-hmm. There was a definition that I really liked and it was said, it is a communication of the human soul with a God who created it. And I just like the intimacy that that kind of uh, describes, like you were saying, it brings a little bit more depth and more gravity to those prayers and mm-hmm. to other forms of prayer as well. Right. And so now we know kind of what prayer is, why should we pray? Mm-hmm. So we know it's communing with the Lord, yep. but why does it matter? Why is it important? Like we talked about in our last podcast, starting off our Back to the Basic series with the gospel and what is the gospel message, uh, we were reminded that we serve a living God, a God that's been raised from the dead and now is living and active in our lives. Um, and so we don't just pray to talk to this far off, distant, dead being. It's a, a God that's living and, and he's here and he He wants to communicate with us. He wants to have relationship with us. I mean, he went as far as to send his son to die and, and raise again to have that relationship with us. And so it's clear that that desire from him is there. Um, and so why should we pray? We, we pray to meet the Lord in relationship with him. Or, or one of the reasons that we pray is we meet with the Lord to have relationship with him not just a God that's dead and distant, but a God that is alive and active and interceding for us on our behalf um, and desires to have us come to him with all things. Mm-hmm. I think another way to think through this question, like I remember we did a, a series at the gathering, was it a year a year ago maybe, called Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda? Was that? I don't mm-hmm. know what that was. I think it was a yeah, year, year and a half but, ago. But you know, I, when I hear the word should, that always you know gets my attention as, as a former... Um, really legalistic Christian <laughs> is why should you pray? Well, because I'm, I want to do the right thing. And so maybe to reframe it just for myself even, it was just like, why did Jesus pray? Mm-hmm. Instead of why should I pray, maybe the first question is why did Jesus pray? And then therefore define why we should pray through the lens of why Jesus did it. Because I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of Jesus. Because that's the, 
um, one of the most consistently consistent things we see in Jesus's life in the Gospels is that he would get up early, remove himself from the crowds, and he would pray. Mm-hmm. And I'm always I always want to be curious when I study God's Word. And one of the curious things is why would Jesus need to do that? He is the Son of God. He's perfect. And so, I mean, that's we we could probably talk about that for a long time, but. I think ultimately, when it, why why should we pray? One, because Jesus did it, and I'm a follower of Jesus, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna imitate His life as best I can, and then start asking questions of like, all right, well, why did He do it? Why would He need to communicate and engage with His Father on a daily basis away from people? Um, and I'm I think maybe His words in John sixteen thirty three would inform us: In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart; I've overcome the world. And so part of me thinks Jesus knew that day was going to be hard. He knew there was going to be trouble. And so he needed to align himself with what he knew was true and secure and be- and ultimately beneficial and good for him. And so before major decisions, he prayed. Um, before healing people, he prayed, right? Before he just, he got alone with the Lord. So why should we pray? First and foremost, I think because Jesus did it. Why did Jesus do it? To align himself, uh, to make sure he was aligned with the Father and his will, that he was on mission um, for what God has called him to do. And I think we can say the same thing for Christians. Is we need to align ourselves with our creator, as you talked about, Paige. Like, he created us. He, made, he knows us better than anyone else. Even my spouse does not know me anywhere near as intimately as God because he knows me. He made me. He wired me. Um, and so I need to align myself with him. And I think... Doing that sets us up to walk faithfully with him. Are you showing an example of how to be dependent on a God that provides for us? You know, when we pray and when we ask someone else to be in charge of our life or someone else to guide us, that immediately takes our hands off the steering wheel and puts the rightful driver in his place. And so it's like, you know, the Jesus himself walking on this earth, fully God and fully human, still shows us an example of what it's like to be dependent on on the creator of the universe that controls everything big and small, all of our lives, all of the details. He's a part of that. And so, uh, you know, he is a guy that's readily available and eager for us to seek him in a dependent way uh, and and meets us there every single time. You know, Jeremiah, um, what is that verse? I just saw it on here. Hold on. There it is. Um, Jeremiah 29, 12 through 13. It says, you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. There's promise there. God's God's not hiding himself from us. He's ready. And when we seek him and when we're dependent on him, uh, he steps in and is our strength and our guider and our protector and ultimately our shepherd in all things. Mm-hmm. It makes me verse- wonder like how human relationships can reflect this idea right. of prayer. And what I think about as a dad of five kids and when I think about myself when I was little, is the heart of a parent for their children. I'm not going to get into the, like, our our parents aren't perfect. We know that. But just ideally, the heart of a parent for a child is, I I want a relationship with you. Like, when I see my kids, like, they're busy. When I come home from work, the one thing my dad heart wants is for everybody to stop and come give me a hug because I haven't seen them all day. And they may or may not do that because, you know, Nintendo Switch is really attractive. So, um, but I think there's that, that, that relationship that we have with a, a parent of wanting their approval, wanting their input, and the heart of a parent to say, I want things to go well for you. 
And the best thing is like, you're a little kid. You don't know, but I do. I've been where you've been. And in you know, Hebrews, it says that Jesus is our perfect high priest that has lived a life and he, is, he has been tempted in every way that we have. So he knows. And so I think just from a, a, a spiritual uh, parent standpoint, why do we pray? Because we have a father who loves us mm-hmm. and who wants what's best for us. And so I look at my kids, I'm like, you may not like what I have to say, but you need to know that what I'm saying is not because I want to micromanage your life. It's because I want things to go well for you, son. Mm-hmm. Um, and so here's what, here's my perspective. And I think that's, that's, you know, another angle to look at it from a standpoint of like, think about when you were a kid, you'd go to mom and dad. When they were scared, you'd run to mom and dad for comfort. You'd go for reassurance. You'd go for direction. And I think those are all the reasons that we, we would mm-hmm. pray. I think it's important too, something to touch back on is just like the base knowledge that like God is listening when we pray. Because mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of people's hangups with prayer is they feel um, like it's unproductive or like there's no one's there. And so I yeah. think just that assurance back to the Jeremiah verse um, where he says, and you call to me and come on and pray to me and I will listen to you. I think it's really important to know because I think it's hard for human brains to grasp that concept of talking to someone who's not right in front of us. Yeah. Or just convincing ourselves that he's too busy mm-hmm. and what I've got to talk about isn't that big of a deal yeah. in the grand scheme of life. You know, and I just always go back to Matthew 11 where Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and burdened. Like there's an invitation. Like we have mm-hmm. a savior who says, come to me. Don't, he's not like, oh, when I have time, come to me. He's like, no, come to me all the time with all kinds of prayers and petitions. Come to me. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So kind of going off of that, if we know we should, we know the Lord is listening and we know that Jesus does invite us to lay our burdens down. Why do you think uh, we as Christians find prayer so challenging and so difficult to kind of engage in or something that we don't make time for or that we kind of push off to the side is unimportant? Well, as a people, I it's uh, it's so easy to pursue the things that are immediately comfortable or immediately satisfying. And so you think about all of the entertainment even that our world is is uh, bent towards even today. You know, it's it's 30-second clips. It's minute-long TikToks. Uh, it's it's short reads or, or, or tiny videos that you can consume a lot of that are going to give you those bursts of energy and excitement right off the get-go, you know, in those little tiny minutes or 30-second bits. And when you think about prayer and you think about the discipline sometimes it even takes to get your mind and heart and soul in the place to come before the Lord and ask him of something that might not be answered for weeks or months or years that immediately can feel discouraging from the get-go. You know, we're so wired to, or we've wired ourselves to want to have gratification immediately, to want to feel the result of something immediately. And so with prayer, coming before the Lord, a God that you can't see face-to-face, a God that you don't know how he's going to answer the prayers, you don't know when he's going to answer the prayers, it's sometimes challenging to make prayer a habit in our lives for those reasons, because we can turn to something else that's going to give us what we're wanting. Yeah. Well, and I I mean, right off the bat, I will tell you, this is not an area of my life that I would say I've even come close to to meeting a standard of like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with my prayer life. For all for those reasons, right? I will, I I can always find something to do that that seems more productive. Right. Um, there was a book back in the days, like you know, um, too busy not to pray. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of like the days where we're busiest are the days we should be praying more, and we're just the opposite. Like, oh no, I'm too busy to do that today. And what that does is it just slowly and consistently 
tell we tell ourselves that prayer is not a value. It's not valuable, and it therefore is not a value. Therefore, I don't do it because we will make time for what we value. Like just across the board, if working out is important to you, you will make time. If watching a show, you will make time. If sleeping, eating, whatever, friendship, we make time for that which is important. And so, instant gratification. I, I just for me personally, I think it just feels <clears throat> really unproductive because I don't see the fruit of it quickly. Mm-hmm. Where I can go talk to somebody and get their advice and their perspective immediately. And that's, that feels like, okay, productive, check the box. I can move on, get that off my mind. Um, so yeah, it's just, it, it, mm. it kind of goes against everything that we're wired to do. When we live for the weekends or the moments or the evenings when we can emotionally turn off our brains, right? Like I think about the days where I feel the most busy, I'm so excited to get home that night and I can turn on my show and eat my meal and just kind of like not have to think about anything and I can kind of turn off, right? And the lie that we've bought is that's what we work towards. That's what we aim for, whether it's the day or the weekend or whatever. And with prayer, there's a sober-mindedness that is an element to prayer. You know, I, I can't just numb out. I can't just distract my mind. I'm sitting before the Lord. I'm bringing my my requests, my my trials, my troubles, my joys, yeah. all before Him, and so there's an intentionality there that should be beautiful. And yet, I think the enemy has really sold us the lie that as often as you can, because you're working hard and because there's a lot of things going on in your life, like you deserve the time to get to numb out and kind of get to distract and turn off everything else in your life, yeah. prayer mm-hmm. included. You deserve self care. Well, and right. it kind of reminds me yeah. of. The- active versus passive rest because like numbing out I think is very much at least for me in my prayer life it's something that I fall into it's like okay like prayer requires more work than me just sitting on my phone and scrolling TikTok or me just sitting and watching Netflix or calling my friends or doing whatever like it requires more knowledge of myself and of the Lord and a lot of self-reflection and a lot of times that's uncomfortable and so we don't want to engage in that because there's not that instant gratification of I feel better immediately all the time well and we're not good at being bored Mm mm-hmm and we are not good at being silent. And those two things, like those, that's a part of prayer is we're retraining mm-hmm. ourselves to be silent and be still. And we are just, I mean, we are the go, 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 right? Like I watched mm-hmm. the, the shows my kids watch. I grew up watching 30-minute cartoons. My kids watch eight-minute cartoons. The episodes are eight minutes. And I'm like, what is going on? But that's their little brains. Mm-hmm. They're being trained and discipled by our world that says your attention span is this much. And I think it's just, you know, just looking at Jesus, getting away from the crowds early in the morning to be by himself. There were no TVs back then. There were no cell phones. Like he was literally just him in nature or wherever he was. And that's just a hard thing for us to do. And so it, it, it is, I think God gives us grace and he's patient with us knowing this is the, the world we live in. But I also think it comes back to it's hard because we don't value it. It's hard because we're not wired for it. And I would rather do something more productive or veg out and be more, I think mm-hmm. that w- that's what rest is. And so maybe it's a conversation of what is actual rest? Like I 100% would rather watch something on TV, mm-hmm. rather scroll through Insta, rather play a game on my phone. But when I feel rested, it's when I've mm-hmm. been with the Lord. Is that like active 100%. versus passive yep. rest? Like yep. while one is passive, like being on your phone or watching TV or mm-hmm. doing whatever – active rest in the Lord and like spending that time and taking that intentionality is a lot more restful because you're actually restoring your soul, not just numbing it out, which I think is really interesting. Uh, You brought up a point too, just talking about how Jesus kind of often withdrew and often set aside time. 
And so that kind of brings up the question, I think comes up a lot when it comes to prayer. So if we see Jesus praying all the time, if Jesus was God, why did he bother to pray? It's a great question. Um, I think there's multiple reasons. I think I, I would go back first to what I said earlier about why we should pray is because I think Jesus was aligning himself with the Lord. You know, uh, as a former youth pastor, I've got a lot of analogies in my head that I use over the years. But the one that always sticks out to me is like, if God is our source of life, then why would I not plug into that source? Like if I'm trying to shine on my own kind of idea. And so I think Jesus knew like, hey, this life is going to be hard. The mission God has given me is going to be difficult. This is a, a, a broken world. And so I know that there are going to be people pushing me and stretching me and pulling me. So I think he went for rest. I think he went for recharging. I went, think he went to get his mission, his, 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 his marching orders for the day, uh, to, to set his heart and mind on, hey, this is what God has sent me to do, to seek and save the lost, to set the captives free. Um, so that as all the other things came along, that was on the forefront of his mind. It's not comfort. It was, I'm here for a mission. And it, it's when you think about the creator of the universe offering himself freely to every person to come to at any time. Like, what other organization operates in that way? At a certain point, <laughs> super, there is super like, elite, like, I'm like, I can't call up the president on speed dial and be yep. like, hey, I have a couple of things I'd like to address with you. Can we just sit down over coffee? You know, and, and, and that's as humans, obviously, we're limited. So there's a reason we cannot just be available for every person. But he is someone that is perfect and holy and making sure everything operates and we're allowed to take our next breath in the next second of each person's life and yet still makes himself available at any time for us to come to him because of Jesus and because yeah. he has now paid the price for us to have right relationship with God. And that's crazy to me, you know? And so I, it's it's never a demand. The Lord asks us to come to him. The Lord says he's going to be there for us always. But it's not as if he's waking us up every single morning at 6 a.m. Okay, time to talk to me, time to be with me, time yeah. to engage with me. It's always just that invitation. It's always that, hey, this is here for you. And, you know, I think we've got to rightly, just like Jesus did, see the value of spending time with God and the value of him making himself so available to us to answer questions, to guide us, to lead us, uh, to comfort us whenever we are in trouble uh, and I, I don't know, I, I just, I, I was having that thought as you were even talking, you know, why would Jesus come and pray before the Lord? He just had a right understanding of the freedom that he has in front of God to come and to express yeah. all things with him. And what a blessing that is. That's so abnormal for the rest of the way that the world works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So kind of going off of that, like another question I think that comes up when we're talking about prayer and why we should do it is, why does God want us to talk to him if he is already all-knowing? If he already knows about our situation, if he already knows what's going on in our lives, what's going well, what's not going well, why should we bother bringing it to him? Well, I think just in the way we think about that question tells us how we view prayer. Like, we don't need to update God on what's happening. <laughs> you know, like, the question is, why do we pray if he knows everything? Well, then that means we're praying because we think he doesn't know everything. We need to update him on my life and what's happening. Well, you know, he's well aware. And so again, what is what is prayer? It is communicating and engaging with God. And so the fact that he knows everything really plays no part in why we should or should not. I think when we think that he doesn't know everything and we need to update him, keep him, you know, up to date on what's happening. Like I remember I like I, I hear like, all right, God, here's what's going on. So and so's doing this. And like really, 
Like, what am I doing there? Like, he knows. He knows what's happening. He knows every hair on our head. Like, he he knows. So, um, why I think it's it's really because one, we're instructed to do it. If he's all knowing, why do we pray? Because he loves you and he cares for you. And the things that burden us, I think he cares about. First um, mm. Peter five seven says, "Cast all of your anxieties or worries onto him." Right, like, ca- like yeet them onto God. <laughs> Like, cast them onto him. Why? Not because he's unaware, because he cares for you. And I think we as Christians don't sit with that idea very often. I think we sit with the idea that he wants something from me. He he needs me to do something versus like, no, he says, come to me because I care for you. I see you. I know you. My heart is for you. I care for you. Um and I, I love that verse. And this is not just some dude. This is Peter who denied Christ in very publicly and was given, like he knew Jesus. It's like John in, in, in the gospel of John would refer to himself as the, the, the disciple that Jesus loved. And I just love the idea that maybe he's not bragging here. Maybe that's just, he, he knew Jesus so well that he knew beyond the shadow of doubt that Jesus loves me. And so he identified himself not by what he did, but how Jesus views him. And I think Peter's doing the same thing. He's like, cast all your anxiety on him because why? Because he cares for you. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we do it, even though he knows. I know a lot about my, about my kids that they don't think I know, but I still have a desire to be with them. I want them to come to me. I want them to, like, I want them to know they can depend on me and that I am for them. And so instead of stealing snacks, like, just ask me. Just come to me. No, like there, there's a relationship there. So anyway, I think First Peter five seven is a great lens to when we say, well, why should we pray if he knows everything? Well, you're not updating him. Yeah, it's because it's a relationship. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what do you think, Oakley? Thoughts? No, I, I think that that's really. I think that's really good. Um, when I'm in crisis or not, <laughs> I mean, kind of wherever I'm at in life, I want to be around people that know me the best, just because there's a comfort there and an assurance, and so. Instead of being, I don't know, weirded out or insecure or distant from the Lord because he already knows all the things, so why would I come to him? It should give us a level of comfort to know we're with someone that knows us so well and yet still chooses to love us. That's crazy, but that's God's love, you know? And I think it's just a a good self-reflection to even ask, like, if if, why would we think God wouldn't want to hear from us because he knows everything? Like, like we need to dig into that. Well, we have a view of God that's probably incorrect. Mm-hmm. That if we think that's the prerequisite, that yeah, maybe we've missed something in the, in God's heart towards His creation. That it's it's a transactional news organization. Update me on your life, and we'll make some executive decisions here. Versus, no, He cares for you. Mm-hmm. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. So, yeah. I think too, at least for me, like when I spend time in prayer, I know I spend time with the Lord, communicating with the Lord it makes my perspective more right about what matters, what's going on in my life and how I can view it and it aligns it more with his. Because I think, at least for me, because prayer is something that I've struggled with all throughout my life. And so when I go through seasons of not praying, I notice how quickly my heart gets unaligned with the Lord and my heart does not desire what he desires. And so you're talking about even with Jesus praying, it's just that alignment of our life with the Lord and kind of what he wants from us as well. Yeah. So kind of going off of that, we've answered, how do we pray, why we should pray, all of those things, but like practically, what are some different ways that this looks like? If we were telling someone, hey, like go pray, 
how are some different ways that they can do that? Because I think that's something that's not often explained in church, just kind of told. Yeah, the so the so what you know. So heard, what we've, we've come to all of it. So what now? Pray. Like, what so do we what do with pray. this? So what? Pray. <laughs> just do it. Eat those anxieties. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, that I remember being in college and uh, there was a girl that I was in relationship with and she had just come to know Jesus. And a couple of weeks into our relationship, she just kind of asked me like, hey, how do you how do you pray? And that was something that was revolutionary for me because it was mm. just one of those things maybe yeah. like we've talked about before. You can assume that people know. You can assume people have talked about before. But especially if you're a new Christian or didn't grow up ever having anyone share that with you, it can be complicated to think about, well, Maybe this seems obvious to others, but how should I go about praying? Uh, so I think that this is a really good question to kind of end out with and talk about like the so what. Okay, we've heard all these things of why it's important, but how do we pray? Because every person does it differently. Um, I mean, Andy, what would you say? Like, what does your prayer life look like and how has that grown over the years? Well, I think as, as I've gotten older, I think when I was young, I thought it had to be a certain place at a certain time with certain words in a certain form. I mean, I love the disciples. They're they're fantastic. But this is one of my favorite things is they asked Jesus, how do we pray? Like they asked the same question your friend did. Mm-hmm. And he's like, all right, let me, let me walk you through it. And that's where we get the Lord's Prayer. But I think in my personal experience is the older that I've gotten and the busier my life has gotten, prayer becomes much shorter. My prayer time is short, but it is more often. Um, this idea of I'm going to get away for an hour every morning in the backyard in the wilderness and pray. Like, that's just not realistic for me in this season of like, maybe when I was in college and I had my first classes at 1130, mm-hmm. like I could do that. But I think as I've grown older, it's just more, it's more ongoing and it doesn't sound so self-righteous. It, most of my prayer life is God, I need you. Lord, help me. Help me see this person or this situation the way you see it. Um, I mean, I have my plenty of times in the car is usually the time I pray the most because I can control. I can turn off the radio. I can turn off the podcast and and just be. I can sit at a light and just be. Um, so that's what I would say is, is, but for me, my best prayer is when I'm active, when I'm not sitting in a dark room by myself. Mm-hmm. It's usually if I'm really in a, in a bad place, I'll go on a walk, like having my body moving, while I walk is helpful for, I just think I'm distracted easily. So if I'm exerting some sort of energy, so it looks a lot of different ways. There's no, no cookie cutter for me. It's grown and changed over the years, depending on my season of life and what's going on in my life. When my dad was, had cancer, when my mom had cancer, it looked very different than it does right now. Um, it was much more by myself crying out to the Lord, um, tears, anger, a lot of more emotion. Um, and I, so, and I think that's what, if I'm going to engage and communicate with God, I want to. I want to bring myself. I want to bring some reality to it, some authenticity. Not jump through a bunch of hoops of like this is what it should be, and then God will listen to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, you're talking about how your prayer life has evolved over the years, but a lot of it now looks like, Lord, help me. I just need you. I think the prayer warriors in my life that I've admired the most uh, are seemingly the most dependent people. Uh, recognizing their weaknesses and seeing the Lord's strength through their prayer life. The story that comes to my mind out of Luke 18, um, just little short story, I'll read it here, but it says, two men went up to a temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you, I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance 
He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What a beautiful example of someone that feels so unworthy before the Lord. And I've been there where I'm like, gosh, I just feel unworthy before you, God. And yet he still meets you there, um, still exalts you, still comforts in those times. Um, and so it's it's been sweet to get to have people in my life that I've gotten to look at and admire in their prayer lives um, that looks a lot like this. Their prayer life is littered with uh, their own weaknesses. Yeah. And so come before the Lord, you know, back to the how-to. It's like, okay, how do we do this? Um, I think acknowledging rightly who God is is always a great place to start. Lord, you are worthy of worship. You are worthy of my prayer. Acknowledging rightly who we are before the Lord, uh, also really important. Um, whether that's praying out loud, silently, in your car, um, in a journal. You know, if you're a writer and you like to write out prayers, I think that's really helpful as well. You can look back on them and see how God's answered prayers. Um, but, you know, acknowledging too and, and um, identifying, I think, the lie that we've grown up, maybe some of us, to believe is that it has to be in a certain way. We have to say the certain things, end with a certain phrase every single time that we pray. It's just not it. God wants us to come raw and vulnerable before Him. Well, you just look at the Lord's Prayer, right? Just what you said. Father, hallowed be your name. That's worship. It's rightly putting God, this is who you are. Hallowed be your name, not my name, not my agenda, yours. Your kingdom come. God, would you do things in my life the way you want to do them? Right? There's a, there's a submission and humility there. Give us this day our daily bread. God, I'm in need. <laughs> like, I need. I can't provide. You know, and then there's confession. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive those who sin against us. And then there's, you know, that last and lead us not in temptation. Right? Like, that is the example. That's the template that God gave us. I don't, that Jesus says, hey, don't, you don't have to use these exact words, but this is the heart mm-hmm. behind. Mm-hmm. And man, I love it. Disciples are like, how do we pray? He's like, this is how you pray. Jesus told us exactly how to pray with humility and dependence, um, asking, mm-hmm. bringing all our anxieties before him. I think you guys both are on a really good point as well as just like all the different variations of prayer and like places to go, whether that's on a walk or in your car, short prayers, long prayers. And it just reminds me a lot of um, Ephesians 6, 18, which says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And just kind of that reminder that prayer is just like this constant thread throughout our day and throughout our lives. And it's not necessarily a right way to do it. I mean, there is like the presenting worship for the Lord, but also like the Lord just wants us to come to him. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to have the right set of words or the right formula. Or you're like, I know like you're saying as a new Christians, like it's hard to not feel qualified to pray. Cause like, I, you're like, I don't sound like people out on stage, people that I hear praying, but just you know, like the Lord's heart is for us to come to him with our hearts, with our request as we are. I think the, the line out of the Lord's prayer that I think you could probably just finish every prayer with and feel good about it is God, You've heard what I've said. Now let your will be done in my life, whatever that looks like, and help me be obedient to that and not, you know, so I, I think that might be a good wrap-up. Like, God, at the end of the day, I want your will to be done in my life. That's what I mm-hmm. want. All right. Do you guys have any closing thoughts, remarks, things we didn't get to talk about that you want to bring up? I would just say don't be discouraged. I mean, I think just like we've talked about prayer is, is a hard thing to do. It's not natural for us to do. Everything in our world tells us you don't have time for it. Don't do it. So I just say don't be discouraged. Just be faithful. Continue to walk in obedience of the example of Christ. Get alone. Pray before the Lord often. Uh, build a dependence on him and uh, trust that he's going, he's going to use it. It will be productive. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. I uh, hope you have a great week.
Yeet.